0: Progressive presents Don't Do It Yourself. Okay, read me the manual. Using a Phillips screwdriver. What was that? Uh, this sounds like another language to me. Okay, maybe we should bundle our home and auto with Progressive. We could save big, then pay someone to do it for us. Maybe. What's next? Next, Pony Ostium Pronus terra. Was that one Latin? Safe when bundling home and auto with Progressive and use the money to, you know, not do it yourself. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Up the top of the league, Toffees Everton are back at the summit of the Premier League table. Five wins from five in 2020 on? Dominic Carver and Charles on the score sheet. you Rodriguez taking the pitch yet again. Uh, the Blues are very much the business under Carlo Ancelotti at the moment. 1-2-1 one, one, at Crystal Palace today. Joining me to have a chat about it. Uh, Dave Downey and Mike Greenall as advertised and Bob Vera after Everton won today. Shamelessly decided he wanted to come on the podcast. <laughs> on Everton's success at the moment. Uh, we are on YouTube live as well, so let us know your thoughts. Uh, what did you make of that performance today? Who your stand-up players? All that kind of thing. What are you doing tonight? Just, just, to, just to enjoy it, the Blues being top of the table. But um, I'll come to you first on, on this one, Mike. Um, such a battle that, wasn't it? Probably the, the hardest,
2: hard-fought win we've had for a long, long time. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a tough watch in the second half, wasn't it? Especially, I think we, we got through it in the end, but... I think there was a period, especially after the hour mark, really, where, you know, I hate saying we dug in and stuff like that, but we did and, you know, we won a game in, that, in the past. We, we probably wouldn't well, probably wouldn't have won that last year, would we? No,
0: no, I think, I think, I think that's fair enough, isn't it, Dave? It's, you know, I think there's just moments in the game, which later on, for example, where, you know, there was one where the Corey got back and, and nicked the ball from Zahar and you thought we didn't have that player last year. There was one moment which really stands out for me when Palace were really ramping the pressure up and, and Rodriguez just got the ball on, on the right-hand side. He had about three players around him. But he just kept his composure, looked up, found the pass, and he just, just released the entire five minutes of pressure. And albeit we were deep and heading and kicking balls away, I think in, the, in those last few minutes, our, our game management was spot on. And the individual players in those situations really seemed to make the right decision.
3: I thought it was really strange because I, I felt
0: more. I, th- I
3: felt we had more control and we're more comfortable as those last fifteen twenty minutes wore on. I, I felt the middle of the game in the second half. I think Palace, like, were outstanding. I have to say, I thought. He, I mean, they'll come away and probably justifiably so. Roy Hodgson will say they deserve something from that, from that game, and I, I'm I'm hard pressed to agree. But I think that's probably right. I thought Palace did enough aside from creating that goal scored an opportunity. Um, you, you look at the, the the goal we scored to open it up, Matt, it was absolutely outstanding. And I think Everton are quickly becoming a side, that that type of side, the, the game could be going in any direction, but they'd find that odd moment where something like that can turn it on its head. When you've got a player like Rodriguez, I think that's always possible. And there's a reason why he stays on the pitch, despite looking like he was blown out of his arse after an hour, is because... And, the, and the, there's a beautiful, beautiful moment in the first half, and I'm sure somebody's clipped it up already, where he has the ball near his side, halfway line, and the game pretty much stops because Palace are petrified <laughs> of what he's going to do with the ball. They all backed off him, and he just essentially stood there. It actually reminded me of that game when Wayne Rooney put his hands on his hips against West Brom all those years ago, <laughs> and it was just a thoroughly piss-taking moment. It was absolutely stunning. And we had to to go back to your point, I think. There was very little that was composed about us, I felt, particularly in the second half. Uh, I always felt we, we might have another goal in us. And I think calvert lewin should probably stick one of his two chances away to ease that pressure. But uh, I said to you just before we come on, I don't think there's more, a more satisfying type of victory in a game of football than one that is scarcely deserved and is rugged and disjointed and it asks all the questions the questions you don't like to answer. As a football team, where you need steel, you need a bit of guile. You need to run the clock down when you can, and we looked like we were experts at doing that. Whereas in the past, I felt that we we were just so naive to those situations. And this looked like a different Everton that was stood up to be countered. Uh, everybody played the part. You look at Alan. I mean, if you could if you could wrap up that type of game in a nutshell, you you probably come up with a, a vision of Alan's face on a, on a crystal ball because that is exactly the type of Thing I think he's been brought in to do, and he will relish going forward. It was his game for me towards the end of that, and um, the full backs were absolutely outstanding. And yeah, it was just an incredible team effort in the most unconventional ways possible. That's the way I probably sum it up,
0: Matt. Um, Rob, and come to you as well uh, as the one who jumped on the, the podcast after Everton won. Uh, we have to say, but in, in all seriousness, it's, it's you know, we've been talking all week about throwing ourselves into this and being positive and, you know, being excited about this team. And we sort of, when we do these shows, I sort of always get to Saturday and think, is, it all, is, is this the one where we're all going to look like look a bit stupid and a bit silly, but it's just, you know, beyond the results and the performance today, it's just great, isn't it, that we can, we've got all weekend to be happy about this. We've got all next week to be excited about it. Um, you know, we're welcoming a bright inside to some Park next week who, who have you know, had a proper gut punch today. And, and you're thinking... What, when are we going to lose a football match? <laughs>
1: I'll
0: I mean, tell you but, when, but
3: I don't want
1: to say. Well, look, uh, it, you know, it, it'll happen eventually. But as we've talked about, like, let's 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 enjoy this. We're we're winning. We're winning on the road. We're winning tough games. We're scoring goals. We're creating chances. And I would say in you know, in a game like this, especially what I find really encouraging is that we are proving that even when we have periods where we're wobbling a little bit or periods where, uh, you know, we're, we're not as sharp as we need to be, uh, we're finding a way to gut it out. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how you could be anything but ecstatic about what we've seen so far. It, I, you know, we, we have plenty of time to worry about everything down the road, but for right now we have earned this happiness. And, and that's your point about me jumping on. Um, you know, I I've certainly been on plenty of post matches after we've lost. So, uh, <laughs> and unless, Hey, Hey, I, I called two one today and we got it. And so I'm like, yeah, of course I want to jump on. But I, you know, the thing that stuck out for me um, because I, I, knew know how that second half have felt and it felt like a lot of hanging on uh, but I think I think that really wasn't because we were playing poorly defensively and you know just giving them loads of chances as much as it was that we were not creating uh, enough and, and holding onto the ball enough too much, too many turnovers and so on but you know look I, I, I don't want to oversimplify it um, I, I'm going to leave the uh, advanced metrics to, to guys like Michael but uh, Palace had one shot on goal uh, I, you know other than the, the corner and, you know, I guess you could make the case that Keener or Charleston could have maybe handled that that ball in a little better. I just thought it was a great corner and a great goal that Palace scored more than, more than, than I really want to blame anyone for it. But I don't know how anyone can really fault the defense, uh, given that that, that we held them to one shot Zaha I'm you know w- I expected Zaha to run run wild today I barely noticed him the entire game I think that we were physical um I, I really enjoyed it and again uh th- there were periods where there were players who had their wobbling periods they were playing you know they would be good and then they wouldn't and, and so on they had to kind of collectively gut it out and they did so today
0: yeah uh, like I said we are live on YouTube uh, if you're watching us know your thoughts on the game etc. Just sort of going back to to that first half, Mike, as well, I think it's it's sort of... The encouraging thing for me is that I think Everton were pretty much in first and second gear for a lot of that game, and they still finished the half with two goals, and they've they've now got, certainly with players like Rodriguez and obviously with Carver-Lewin, it feels like we've got players that even when the general pattern of the game is Everton being a little bit stodgy in midfield, the links aren't quite there in in the final third, that all of a sudden with you know one swing of Rodriguez's weaker right foot, it's got to be said, you're in and you've got a predatory striker now. And and, and that's encouraging, isn't it? That you can sort of, you've got players that can sort of elevate their attack and play above the level of what the game is.
2: Well, yeah, I think even with the signings in general, that's, that's the main thing to take from it. Like I think in general, like overall, I thought we were pretty poor, and I-, I thought we were pretty poor in the first half last week against West Brom, and we scored four goals over like two halves today in the first half yesterday. And you know we're, set- we're sitting here going, you know, in performance wise, we-, we were fairly underwhelming, but we still created chances, we still looked relatively solid at the back. You know, you can't control games for, for ninety minutes especially away from home, and I think, we, but we didn't crumble. We didn't really, you know, Rob's mentioned there, Zaha was effectively, especially in the second half, you know, we didn't really notice him. You know, I thought Coleman did all right on the right. Dean was fine on the left. Mina, you know, yeah, there's odd moments in the second half. But <laughs> I thought, you know, individually, defensively, we were sound and when we went forward, it's a sense of, there's a sense really that, you know, we're going to chase a chance every time we go forward now and if we're not going to create a chance, we'll get a corner out of it or, you know, the levels have been raised now. Where performing badly this season was, you know, in a in in a sense where that was our good performance last year. Yeah. You know, we we come off and we come off today. Last season, be like, you know, we we have won the game. We played really well. We scored two goals, and but we're sat here Really, and we know we could have done better today, and we still scored. We still scored twice. could have scored again, and I think when you look at the bigger picture, it's these type of games that will. Be the difference in finishing eighth or ninth or sixth or fifth. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think mean, I mean, that's a great
2: way of putting it, isn't it, Dave? You
0: know, all of a sudden standards feel like they've been lifted all, all in the team, and, and Rodriguez epitomises that, doesn't he? You know, the saying in, in one of the group chats there that that was probably his worst game for us today. Out of the three, and he's still been decisive in both goals and and strolled around taking the piss for long long portions of the game.
3: Yeah, I mean. Uh... I don't I I've no idea who got man of the match, um, and and you're right. I think it was his poorest game for us. But I, I don't think that was a game or a day for him. To be honest with you, because there was so much of that game, so many large portions of that game, that it was difficult to get him into it. Don't get me wrong. When he got the ball, he was still superb. He retained possession. There was a point quite getting on towards the end, maybe midway through the second half, where he takes about five of their players out, uh, playing a neat little ball into midfield after he skinned a couple of them and we're on the counter-attack, there were, there, were, there were still glimpses of that. But, um, and, and, and what's refreshing about that is, I don't think he's shirked away from that, his physical responsibility in the game either, because you, you, you know we, we know from the off we're not going to get a player who's going to track back, we're not going to get a Richarlison um, out of him and, and what he does, but that's not what he's, he's in the team to do. Richarlison does that as an added bonus to the quality he possesses going forwards. Rodriguez is all about making an impact at the other end of the pitch, isn't he? And he still, I think, a couple of times did track back. He, he got in front um, of, of any Palace attack. He just he just put his body there, to be honest with you. And he won a couple of challenges as well, which was nice to see. Um, I suppose the only any, any reservation you have when you sign a player like that is, are they willing to go that extra mile when things do get tough? And today got tough and he did that. I, I thought he, he, he was a really responsible performance. The other thing as well, when you get players in a game that, It doesn't fall for them or you're in more of an attritional type of match and a scruffy one. When they get the ball, they tend to try the outrageous just because it's frustrating them and it's not their type of game. He didn't do that. He wasn't wasteful with the ball. He didn't try ridiculous cutting-edge passes all day long. Um, Ali McCoyce was drooling, wasn't he, at the ball that got flicked out at pace and he just brings it down, loops it over someone's head again. Um, And I think Palace won it back quite luckily, to be honest. But yeah, that that level of performance when the chips are down and 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 not everything's going your way, are invaluable. And um, I, I, like I said before we come on, I think it was more for a day, a day of Alans and Seamus Coleman's and Michael Keane's than it was for the Rodriguez or Charlison or the Calvert Lewin to a certain extent. And um, but the, equally though, all of those fit into those performances. Look, if you ask ask players certain players to flog themselves. Uh, in a game that isn't suited to their talents, then it, it's a big ask, I think, in this day and age. Because players, senior players, players like Rodriguez, will always want to wait to try and do the sublime and do what they're there to do. But when they're asked to do that with the difficult side of the thing, you don't always get a kick out of them. And, and I think credit to everyone today for being able to put up, put up such a resistance against a physical Crystal Palace side. I mean, there were a couple of iffy ones I thought Zahar probably should have saw red, to be honest, because that was horrendous, what he tried to do to, uh, to Calvert-Lewin when he was running forward. It was Yeri Mina, wasn't
1: it? It was Yeri Mina. Yeah, it was Mina, yeah.
3: And, and, and it just the, the action that he, what he actually tries to do is completely missed by the commentary team and, and any sort of uh, analysis on Amazon. But he essentially tries to take his legs by raising the studs and going sort of through the back of him. And he manages to do so, but doesn't make full contact. And I think that's what escapes him from getting a red card. And people say, McCoy's saying that's harsh. I think he just sort of gets his body in the way. It's blatantly obvious if you watch it again, what he's trying to do and the intent is there. I I thought that was a red card. Um, and yet also him him being a case in points as well. I mean, Mike mentioned the hilarity of, of what he can be sometimes when he tries to head the ball twice when it's on the floor. Um, ends up handballing it And I'm like what, what's going on here All from a, a pretty innocuous slip Where he gets flat footed mm. Is him in a nutshell isn't it um, But nonetheless he, he made some crucial headers Towards yeah. the game I thought he played but well Me today. When, yeah. yeah I mean I, when, uh, I, I, I messaged you guys on our WhatsApp group And I said he's a liability Only because that, Those moments of just outrage And those moments of like what are you doing are always going to be there, to think. But when, it was, when he was asked to do conventional defending, like heading the ball away, physical challenge of Ben Teke when he come on, he, he rose to the challenge, and I think he had everything that came his way in, in those last 15. That's what I mean, reinforcing yeah. the points I made, Matt. Towards the end of the game, I felt we were much more comfortable because Palace went direct, and he's the exact type of defender alongside Keane. who we were happy to do that all day long.
1: Yeah, Matt, I I want to throw one thing in on that. Uh, The the tweet that just came from Matt Cheatham I thought was was amazing. The only time Wilfred Zaha has failed to dribble around a single opponent in a premier (laughs) league game last four seasons – um you know i look I, I am i I see what Dave is saying too, because uh, when he has his moments it's something about his awkward body language that just makes it funny uh you know at times and and I think that no one has a sense of humor about himself more than Yerimina, which is why he's been able to to stick around. Uh, and, and and get to the level that he that he's at but I, I think you're squinting I, I, I know that there there are some players that and we've done this for years with certain players some of them deservedly so that there is a particular narrative that's been made out of and so therefore you see everything through that lens but I'll be interested to see what the the final stats look like today but I um, Look, I, yeah, I'm not claiming anyone was perfect, but I think you'd have a hard time, again, finding much fault with the defensive effort today. And that was, that was all around, certainly. But, you know, I thought the back four were good. I, you know, I thought Seamus Coleman did well. I, I, I don't really I, – I mean, again, I think we can find issues. But for, for me, most of the, the issues today – uh, in the second half, especially, we're, we're more of, in some ways, of our own making. I mean, Palace have some talented players that think that can, get, you know, pressure and get the ball, and, and they can create, I don't even know if I'd say chances, because they didn't really have a lot of great chances in the second half, if any. But what they did um, was, you know, use their athleticism, apply pressure to Everton. And, and our midfield, uh, at times, didn't handle it as well as they could have in terms of hmm. holding onto the ball. But it seemed at every moment, whether it was, uh, you know, a Decore uh, tracking back, uh, it was uh, Keane and Mina sticking their heads in at the back. I mean, it just felt at times like we weren't great with the ball, but, uh, you know, off the ball, we, we seemed to have an answer uh, that, was, that really was generated by the fact that there was just maximum commitment and effort today.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, anyone, anyone got any strong thoughts on, on the penalty? Yeah, it was a penalty. It was a penalty, Dave, yeah.
3: Stonewall penalty. And I'll tell you why. Because I've seen a lot of people saying, even our fans, a lot of our fans, saying there's no way that's a penalty. It's a penalty because he has to move his hands to hit the ball. I understand when people are talking about, yeah, it's to keep his balance and he's still in a natural position. But if you read those rules, Amazon put up at half-time, one of them states your body can't, your hands can't be outside the line of your body. If you look at what happens to Joe Wood, yes, it comes down quickly. But his arm sort of tilts towards the ball, and that to me is a movement towards the ball. As unlucky as it is, as unfortunate as it is for him, I thought modern day, that is a stonewall penalty. Um, yeah. And, and let's we forget, I think many people might enjoy me saying this, how many times have we been on the end of decisions like that? And I know, yes. I know that's purely subjective to every club who'd have you know every reason, even Man United, who get a penalty every week. Would, would say they get on the wrong end of their first share of VAR decisions, but for once, it, it fell our way. And, and that sort of thing, Matt, and you know what I'm like, I'm quite emotional and quite, uh, I look to the stars sometimes for, for reasons why things happen.
2: And you think <laughs> Everton getting a decision
3: like that, when does that happen? So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe there's something bigger and better on the cards for us this season. We've made this great start, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a stone penalty for me in today's uh, day and age. And fair play. I can't believe I'm saying this to Kevin Friend because it's presented to him and he has to go against his own decision. Uh, that it wasn't a penalty in the first instance. The other one he got spot on as well, by the way, the one that the original one where I think it might have been was it Ward again yeah. where he has his hands almost like behind his back and the ball hits there. And that I have complete sympathy with and he made the right decision there. With that other one, when he's the one we actually got where he's actually facing the play, he's facing the ball. And, yes, okay, he's not intended to hit it, but his arm moves into the line of the ball. That's, that's a penalty, the way the rules are these days. And I i don't make them, but I'm enjoying them right
0: now. <laughs> uh, Mike, Mike, you were nodding there when I asked that question as well. Do you think it was a penalty,
2: mate? Yeah, I think absolutely. You know, as far as I was concerned, I don't think... As, as long as it hits the hand, I thought it was penalty. Now, as long as it doesn't hit the sleeve, I if thought your hands away was... from your
0: body, you if your hands away from your body, and it's below the sleeve, like a short sleeve, isn't it? I mean, I'm not really yeah. sure what it is anymore. <laughs> well, that, yeah. That's why think... that, that, that's why you see
3: a lot of defenders go with their hands behind the back, you know, when the are yeah. close behind the yeah. cross. Because it's a, that used to be it, it happened in Spain one year, and they changed the rule, didn't they? Where it was literally that if it touches your hand, regardless of any context, it's a mm. penalty. And all the players in Spain started sort of aiming with people's hands. You know, that sort of waist-high cross, they'd all start doing that sort of thing. So, everybody started putting their hands behind the back. But, listen, we're not going to complain about the rules, are we? Because they get, they get us enough, don't they? And they have done yeah. it in, in recent times.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I'll add to, to what to what was said here is just that, um, you know, we, we shouldn't conflate how we feel about the rule or the techni- technical aspects of the rule versus the application of it. Um, you know, over here, the commentary at halftime was uh, quite different um, in terms of like I, Robbie Musto came on at halftime and basically made the point that you had um, a situation where he's like I don't really like this rule but it is absolutely the fair application of it um, there was some shout and I'd be curious as to what the commentary was like there that, that the Calvert Lewin the review on him in the box that that you know the the commentary team was going crazy saying that that was more of a penalty than than what Ward got and and I I thought that it kind of hit his kind of upper arm with it close to his body and I or, or the crook well, of his it was elbow He's been the chest
0: I, first I think that one didn't it and then went on yeah, to one it is it hits really his arm. It, it 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 hits
3: somewhere in between, uh, maybe a bit of both. But the issue there it is, and again, bringing the actual rule into play, he's actually tried to make his body smaller because he's brought both of his arms in, so he's deliberately t- trying to avoid contact with the ball. Unless we forget, you bring your arms in that narrow, it's going to hit him anyway, um, if his arms there or not. So he's got a natural silhouette, I think, is what they call it. Um, so that that that's never a penalty at all. It's not not often I sort of get weighed in on those controversial refereeing decisions because I'd, I'd like to think I'd call it either way but having said that if I was a Palace fan or if that happened to us I would be absolutely <laughs> stealing <laughs>
0: <laughs> well let's be, be honest the instant reaction is definitely the place for biased analysis isn't it but uh, just, yeah. just before we uh, wrap up I want to speak about two players in particular who have always had really interesting games and that's um, Andre Gomez and Adelaide Decore right? and I think it, it was really interesting for, for me Mike that it was sort of Gomez started the game really well. He was using the ball. I think he plays a great pass out in the build to our first goal. You know, he's physical, loved the battle. Decore, on the other hand, didn't quite get into the game. It took him, you know, a, a bit more time. But what I really liked about it was the he sort of had the, the class and quality of Gomez early on. And, you know, he was dictating the play for us. And then in the second half, when the game became a little bit different and more frantic and Gomez was getting a bit tired, it felt like the his attributes took over there. You know, there's that charge back when he wins the ball from Zahar. And I just think he, the extra bit of time he got on the ball later on, the way he could carry it forward, got us out of a, a lot of issues later on in the game. And I just thought that, that balance was really nice. And it was great to see both of them sort of stamp their authority on the match at different times in the game in different ways.
2: Yeah, you know, anyone who like follows me on Twitter anything, I'm, I'm not Gomez's biggest fan, but I thought he was re- I thought he was really good in the first half. He he was the one who, he played the little diag, didn't he, for the just before the goal. And I thought, you know, I mentioned it yesterday that if we're gonna have any joy, it's wise, it, it'll be down that left be down Palace's right side and not a left side. And I think him, Dean and Charleston really had first half especially had a lot of fun down that side. And Gomez was a big part of that. He was the one because the corner I thought was quite poor first half and second half it, it Second half, it was more of his game, where, you know, it's not pretty, but, you know, if the hard work needs to be done, sometimes you just need to, like, run around and get stuck in. Corey did that second half, first half, I thought he was pretty, you know, I thought he just weren't really involved, but, whereas Gomez wasn't, it kind of, it kind of like, switched around the second half, where, you know, it wasn't Gomez's game, but it was the Coreys, and, you know, they balance, each, they balance each other out, and that's the joy of having three midfielders, really. If, if one of them isn't going to be involved or one of them is you know, having a bit of an off day, you've got two others, really. You, you can step up and you don't really notice that much of a difference, and, and I thought we saw that today.
0: Dave, I've see, seen you tweet about the core saying you thought he looked a bit off. It That was midway through the first half, but he definitely got better as it went on, didn't he? Yeah, I,
3: I just thought it was one of those days, you see, often where players just seem to... Well, yeah, like I said, I've had an off day, and, and, and his touch wasn't there when he was getting balls fired into him. So, to knock it a couple of yards too far ahead of himself, and it would force him to make a difficult pass, which invariably would go astray. Um, and, and Mike's absolutely spot on. I think as the game went on, it very much become his forte. Essentially, when it got a little bit stretched, and, and that that fantastic recovery. With, uh, with Zahar. I think we're going to see that most games this season because that's what he seems to like. He seems to relish the challenge of getting in a foot race with these quick players. And essentially, he gave Zahar a head start and uh, caught up with them and, and backtracked and tackled them superbly. And that, that was fantastic. And, but the beauty of it, Matt, I think what it, what it underlines is, uh, and I think I said this after our first game against Tottenham, the facet to this team now is we can afford to have somebody having, having an off day. Um, we can afford to have two or three players, perhaps not giving it the seven or eight or nine out of tens, because we have others who do step up, and and that's what happened today. I think when when somebody has an, has an off day, it's very much a team effort, and 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 that's something that we have been really heavily critical about with this side in the past. Even gilfie Sigurdsson, when he came on looked like Zidane for five minutes. Um, he he, <laughs> he, he beat about four or five players in their corner. One was a really useful free kick. And, and that's the type of um, energy that you, you feel with this side right now. It's like I said, even in an attacking sense, if one of them doesn't get you, then somebody else will. And, and it seems like we have layers to this now where, you know, it, it, it's, it's like, um, it's, it, it's like you've, you've got a collective who are all fighting for each other. And it's the type of thing where if someone plays a pass astray, everyone will say, come on, let's get back into it, rather than shoulders dropping, everyone looking at each other and, and pointing fingers of blame. This is a completely different mentality we have now. And again, it's just wonderful to see. Um, all that, now, now, today is very different. All the, all the anxieties that we have were all brought back, weren't they? We? Because you're sort of sitting there thinking it's inevitable the Palace score. Um, but the, 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 obviously the bottom line is they didn't. And, and it was our day. We rode our luck a little bit at times, I felt. But um, just I need to say the word before we finish. Matt, I thought James Coleman was absolutely outstanding today, particularly first half. Has a big role to play in the goal, of course. But I just thought he was superb. His positional sense. Uh, he knew when to get rid of it. He knew when to sort of drive further forward. And he was getting involved. It was like the Seamus Coleman of old. Um And and he looks like he's thoroughly buying into this as the skipper. Dare to say, he looks a little bit more gnarly these days as well. We saw his reaction to the sending off from, uh, who was it last week, Kieran Gibbs. Oh, yeah. And, and this week he just looked just as gnarly with everybody. He was fighting for things. He was. You know, trying to take time out of the game—it was everything we hoped uh, we'd have in, in, in a captain at the club. And, and and if he's buying into it, somebody who's been at the club, you know, what well in excess of well in, in excess of a decade now—it shows you how things are
0: changing. Yeah, uh, Dave mentioned there, Rob. that Sigurd's it's another really good cameo when he came on. And uh, less so from Alex Awobi. You think it'd be fair to say?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was—you know—it was like really short. Of course. Uh, you know don't think he made a huge impact I I have probably have a harder time formulating opinions about guys who play less than 10 minutes in a game but yeah (laughs) uh no um you know I'll say this about Sigurdsson though um yeah I mean I agree with uh Dave that he came on and and looked good I I don't particularly think there's any reason you know compelling reason to start him at this point if Gomez is gonna to play I still think very well and be as good at pressing and be you know physical and so on I'm just not sure that I you know, if the if the answer is Gilfie Sigurdsson, I'm not sure. I still am at the point where I like the question, and I don't really. I think it's just because he's got a long way to go to pay back for what I felt like was just a, a relative lack of 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 industry over the last uh, year or so. But um, having said that, that's the whole point of competition, isn't it? Is that you have those players who are itching to you know impress every time they come on the pitch and, and do well. Um, and and to Dave's point about um, you know, players, I think he makes a good point about, you know, you have some players that don't have as good a game, you have others that can pick them up. I think the other thing I would add to that too, is that with a more talented group in midfield too, uh, I would say that sometimes even when one of them is having a bad game, their bad game is still better than the bad game of the person they're replacing. And, and therefore, you know, even James Rodriguez didn't have a spectacular game. But yet, he still played a huge part in our goal. He's going to be that kind of player who's so good that even when he's off, he's still going to affect the outcome of the game. And when you have players like, that that, that is essentially establish a level or an, a, a bar of expectation like that um, and, and you can consistently display it um, again it's not always about performing great but it's about finding ways to get the most out of what you've got on the pitch in that 90 minutes and, and Everton have done that <laughs> I can't believe we're 3-0 and 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 that's um, but but I shouldn't say that I, I, there's not one game you can look at even with the struggles today where you say oh man we didn't deserve to win that game I, I just don't feel that at all um and, and so i'm really encouraged by this and again two 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 wins out of our three away in london i can't believe i'm saying that either now granted i know these are not traditional road matches <laughs> but i think we've got nothing nothing but uh reason to be excited and, and happy about this start
0: wonderful stuff uh, what, what's everyone up to tonight then um, big celebrations takeaway few cans anything like that dave Daly's nodding <laughs> yeah straight, straight straight
3: down the off you in a minute mate i going to get myself a nice uh, special Charmaine I mean, and a bottle, a bottle or two of the sweets uh, Echo stuff.
1: Yeah. hey D- Dave the Everton Twitter account just uh, tweeted Echo it says Echo Falls you guys deliver <laughs> 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 see they're finally getting it everyone's finally getting it oh now, my god exciting I...
0: times I, I got to
1: try this poison next time I'm over. I <laughs> right
0: in for Echo Falls drinkers and Evertonians everywhere, isn't it? But <laughs> we'll leave it there. Thanks very much to everyone for watching or listening. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a like, uh, subscribe, and little button in your bottom right hand corner as you look at the screen. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any platform as well, uh, give us a rating, give us a comment, all that kind of thing. But thanks very much to Rob, Dave, and Mike. Everton at the top of the league. Yet again, on Saturday night, enjoy it. And we repeat it again very, very soon here on the Blue
2: Room. Progressive knows that most people don't get to experience making a game-winning touchdown or a walk-off home run. So we're going to talk to you like you did something great, so you can bask in the glory.
1: Oh man, I was there. That time that you bundled your home, auto, motorcycle, and other vehicles with Progressive? That was awesome. People were freaking out. I bet you get this all the time, but can I get an autograph?
2: If you can't bask in sports glory, at least you can bask in the glory of saving money when you bundle your home and other vehicles with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.